it's my privilege to be here. And again, I'm thankful for the opportunity, but we need to continue to pray for Pastor, as you guys all know more than I do, just for a quick recovery or quicker, and just that he would just, God would work in his body and heal him, and of course be with Amy and uh, his girls. And so we'll continue to pray. Let me just open up with a word of prayer and then we'll get into the Bible study. Father in heaven, Lord, we're thankful again for the opportunity to be in church tonight. And I do pray that you would meet needs tonight. I pray that you would help me to open up your word and teach and be a help and encouragement, a blessing um, to someone today. And I do pray for this church family, be with each one here and represent it, uh, uh, that are representative here. And I pray you bless them and their families and their loved ones, meet their needs. And again, we do pray for pastor, help him, give him a recovery, an unusual recovery that we would just give you the glory and honor and uh, I pray for his uh, the, those that are helping him, the doctors, and uh, I just pray that they would have wisdom and direction, and of course be with Amy and Pastor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, I want to just go ahead and continue and talk about a different emotion. I think I've talked on grief, I've talked on anger. And um, and I want to look at what the Bible says about discouragement and discouragement. These are all emotions. Uh, if you're breathing today, we face all those emotions that I just said. And um, we're going to talk about discouragement today. What does the Bible say? What is the response to discouragement? So let's look at discouragement and what it means um, discouragement, the act of disheartening or depriving of courage, the act of deterring or dissuading from an undertaking, the act of depressing confidence. So I kind of get out of discouragement is the opposite of courage is discouraged, discouragement. And we all experience discouragement um, when expectations are not fulfilled. Uh, you have expectations. Maybe it's uh, something you expect. I mean, we could use hundreds of examples, but then it doesn't happen. Maybe you're looking to get a job and, man, you went to the interview and looking good, you talk to the, the people that you needed to talk to, and then all of a sudden, boom, it didn't happen. Discouragement. Maybe it's just you thought things were supposed to work out a certain way, you had a plan, and you had it in your mind, and you thought everything would go well, and then you're excited, and you're going on with life, and then you have a doctor's appointment, they tell you, you know what, you have whatever. It could be very discouraging. Okay. And you name it, we could use example after example, but 
our expectations that we had weren't fulfilled. That's discouraging. So discouragement can be experienced as a feeling of just despair. Despair. The lack of courage. The opposite of courage, I would say. Uh, uh, depressing confidence. Your confidence is just, it's gone. Have you been discouraged? Maybe some of you are discouraged today. Uh, if not, you've been discouraged. And we will be discouraged sometime throughout our life many times. Discouragement can result from fear. Um, you have fears. Frustration. Failure. Fatigue. I mean, just kind of like helplessness. Um, so discouragement is a universal, universal problem. Everyone feels discouraged at some point in their life. And like I said, many times in their life. So what does the Bible say? How do we handle discouragement? Um, number one, Discouragement will come. If you think it's not going to come, you're, you're not living. It's going to happen. Okay. Only when we get to heaven will things be perfect. But while we're living and breathing here on this earth, discouragement will come. Life's discouragement must be responded with confidence, though, with God's grace. Again, it kind of goes with all the emotions that I've been talking about. We need to turn to God. And God's grace is sufficient to get us through these emotions, these difficulties, these challenges that happen in life. God's grace is always sufficient for any of these emotions. Uh, again, I remind you, it's going to happen. Um, God's grace is sufficient always to meet our needs. So we need to turn to the Lord. Again, I tell these youth all the time, and I've said it here, that things are going to happen in life. And um, when they happen, we're going to look for relief. But what we need to turn to is God. Not to all those other things that you've turned to. Because they just cause more pain and more heartache. Maybe there's a temporary relief, but it's very temporary. And usually it just... It, you, you wake up the next day and things are worse than they were before because of those things you tried to relieve yourself of discouragement. First um, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. The Bible tells us for a great door and effectual is opened unto us or unto me. And there are many adversaries. So we're going to face adversaries in life. There are many of them. And part of that is discouragement. Um, part of life is just being discouraged. Part of life is just going through challenging emotions 
So again, the Bible reminds us of that. Hey, um, there are many adversaries. There's a lot of things in life that you're going to have to deal with. Again, quoting the Apostle Paul, which I have quoted during a lot during these emotions that we face concerning weaknesses. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says concerning our weaknesses, maybe discourage it, discouragement could be a, considered a weakness. He says, this is what he says in second Corinthians 12, 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. In reproaches. In necessities. In persecutions. Boy, all those things cause discouragement, don't they? <laughs> Infirmities, I think of sicknesses and health issues, reproaches, disappointments, your expectations are not fulfilled, and necessities and persecutions being persecuted for your faith, and distress for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul is acknowledging the secret here of uh, to a positive life. His confidence is not in himself or his own abilities. Okay, I can get through this. I'm strong. I can handle this. No, it's not in his own abilities, but rather his confidence here we've learned is in God's grace leaning on God and trusting God, trusting God through this. Um, he knows that God will give him what he needs to get through that difficulty. He also understands there will always be difficulties. There's going to be always be opposition. Uh, I mentioned this and I tell the youth this all the time. And they know it, but I remind them and they get it. Hey, life is not fair. That's just life. Okay. If you're expecting it to be fair, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and the worst thing you could do is just be a victim and stay there and say, well, uh, it's everybody else's fault. And so I'm just going to stay here and be bitter and be discouraged and be angry and be whatever. And you could stay there forever then. But no, we don't have to. We could lean on God because his grace is sufficient. And he'll give give us what we need to get through discouragement, the problems of life. There will always be opposition, but as Christians, what do we turn to? God, because his grace is sufficient. We don't turn to the things of the world. The world is just going to push all kinds of things on us to say, this will take care of this, that this will help you here and this. And I get it. But as Christians, we know it's God's grace. So till we come to the end of our own strength and turn to God, that's where we'll get relief. The apostle Paul said, hey, okay, God, I've asked for you to just fix this and I've asked again and I've asked again and, and if there's anybody that, who had a connection with God, it was the Apostle Paul. 
But God says, no, my grace is sufficient. You're exactly in the position I want you to be. And that's why I'm able to use you. Uh, I've said this probably here and I'll say it again, but uh, anybody that's worth their salt for the purpose of God um, is been through trials. Reproaches, persecution, and those things ought to grow us. Uh, grow us closer to God. And again, so my, the first point here is, hey, we're going to face discouragement. And even if you're discouraged today, that's normal. It's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be discouraged, and we can talk about those, but that'll take forever. But we're going to get discouraged. Sometimes it's our doing. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes, uh, all the time, it's God working in our life. There is help. There is help. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus here is teaching the disciples. And Christ, Jesus Christ established a very important principle for facing discouragement. And he says this in John sixteen thirty-three. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. There's hope. <laughs> There's hope. There's always hope. There's always help in Christ. How do people do it without Christ? I don't quite get it. Uh, they turn to the drugs. They turn to alcohol. They turn to party. They turn to this or whatever. We as Christians ought to turn to the answer, Jesus Christ, to the hope. Because he has overcome the world. Uh, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, he said, he reminds us. I have overcome the world. The principle he establishes that life is difficult and full of trouble. The lesson is that we do not have to be victims of that negative emotion produced by troubles. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to be that victim. Again, we have a world today full of victims and they're angry and they're bitter and they're staying there and they're not going forward and they're making us all miserable <laughs> while they're at it. But we have the hope. The hope is in Christ. Uh, how do we face discouragement? From this biblical perspective, we should find peace in the storms of life through Jesus Christ. Reaching out to Jesus Christ, calling upon him. Again, casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he careth for us. Turning to Jesus, we should develop an attitude of never giving up. Going forward. Oh, I've been discouraged. I've been beaten down. I, I, I'm, I'm just, man, what do I do now? Climb back up. 
stand up again. Go forward. Because Jesus has overcome the world. And Jesus lives within me. There's hope. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he's on the winning side. And if you're on his side, you're on the winning side. We're going to lose some battles. But we're on the winning team. We're going to win the war. With Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's hope. Somebody once said, your success or failure in life will not be decided by the number of setbacks you encounter. Boy, is there setbacks? Yeah. Is there discouragement? Yes. But your success or failure in life will not be decided by the number of setbacks you encounter, but rather how you react to them. So how are you going to react? How are you going to react? Be of good cheer. This is how we should react. Be of good cheer. Because Christ has overcome the world. And I have Christ. So we're going to overcome. There's help with Jesus Christ. Young person in prison, I'm speaking to you and I'm saying there's help. You don't need to go to drugs. You don't need to turn to this. Uh, I, yes, there's some good things in life that help you and get you out of your rut. And it's okay you take some of those things. But ultimately, it's Jesus Christ that's going to get you up and out. It's Jesus. Because he's overcome the world. I have a program. And years ago, I... I go into this facility and uh, it was a drug and alcohol uh, program and they had some really good tools that they would give the kids. And, and, uh, and of course I would do Bible studies there and share the gospel there. And um, while studying that certain pod where the program was in, uh, I was told that, boy, this is a great program. The County's poured, uh, uh, literally thousands and thousands and thousands a year into this program. You know what their success rate was that they were so excited about? 10% success rate. And I thought about that. Wow. You know why? And I don't know how they considered success, but they're missing the boat. Jesus is the answer. A changed heart, a changed life. And that happens through Jesus Christ. So we're going to have some setbacks, but how are we going to react to those setbacks? We're going to go forward. There is hope. After all, there's a cause, isn't there? The cause of Jesus Christ. We need to go forward. I have to live for Jesus Christ. We can learn to overcome discouragement through living for the right cause. What are you living for? 
There are many causes in life. Some of them are negative, some of them are self-destructive, but some are positive. It's important when facing discouragement is to be motivated for the right cause. For the right cause. We learn this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David, there he goes to the battlefield. The youngest brother, he's just going there to bring a, some food for his older brothers who are fighting in the war. And there he faces and sees this, the circumstances of his brothers hiding up on the hill. And there's the giant egging them on, cursing them. And worst off, cursing their God, the God that we serve. And David sees this. And he says, what's going on? And his response, David, was in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 29. And he said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? In other words, David was there and he was saying, let's take care of business here. We ought not allow that giant in our life to overcome us and to mock us and to mock our God. And he says, let's take care of business. And of course, they got upset about him and said, you're too young. You don't understand the circumstance. You don't understand the situation. But His response is, what have I done? Is there not a cause? And again, we are reminded, isn't there a cause to go forward in life? Don't you have a purpose? God created us, by the way, for a purpose. God has a plan for each one of our lives. None of your you you here are some accident that God doesn't know about and doesn't know. Uh, God has a plan. And let me say this, God has a purpose. God wants you to fulfill that purpose for his glory, whatever it is. It's different for different people. Some of it's all the same, but again, God wants to use you. And you have to take that and say, okay, if God has me to do something, that's my cause. And I'm going to go forward with that cause. Maybe it's a mother and her children. Her job is to grow those kids and grow them spiritually and do the best that she can. Or a father the same way or whatever it is. Or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a a, a witness in your neighborhood or in your workplace or in your school or whatever. There's always a cause for Christ. And you need to take that cause and go forward because there's going to be giants. (laughs) There's always giants. How many of you are facing a giant tonight and you're looking at that giant and it's just big and he's been messing with you and he's been uh, tossing you around and about. He's been sparring with you, but you have to just stand up and say, is there not a cause? I'm not going to be a victim. There's hope. With God, all things are possible. I'm going to live. I have something to live for. 
I tell those guys that, you know, they, they have these, you know, my baby's mom. I hear that so many times. They're, they have some girl out there and they have a baby with. And I says, man, that baby needs you. You need to get it together. You see where you ended up? You see what you're doing in your life? That's where they're going to end up unless you have a cause. Because it happens all the time. And I'll say, look at your family. Where's your dad? Oh, he's in prison or he's dead or he's whatever. He's so unless you get your life right, that's exactly what's going to happen to your kid and your child. You need to get a cause and stop being a victim and have a cause and go for it. Even more so us Christians, we have a cause. David responded seemingly to a task of fighting the giant Goliath. The greatest cause we could ever live for is the cause of Jesus Christ. We are dead in sin and honor. We were dead in sin and on our way to hell. When God, the father sent Jesus Christ, the son to leave heaven, he came to earth for the purpose of dying for who? For us, for our sins. So that why? Why did he do that? So that we could live for him. We have a cause. Our responsibility is to live for Christ and to live well for Christ. And we can't do that if we're defeated and beaten down in a huddle hiding. We got to get up. We got to get up. There's a cause. God died for us. He saved us. We don't have to go to hell. We have the answer. Now we have to live for him. And live for him. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this. He gives us this promise. God gives us this promise. And it's a promise. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things that you have. For you have said, I will never leave you. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Excuse me. I will never leave thee or forsake thee. God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. So that gives us hope. Gives me hope. (laughs) God's with us. God is with us. We're on the winning side. So let's get back up. There's hope. Just like David, there's hope. Psalms 31, 24 says this, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Hey, God could strengthen us. God wants to strengthen us. God is our strength. He is our hope and he will get us through. So we go forward. There's hope. So number one, understand there's going to be hindrances in life. We're going to have discouragement. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to have disappointments. But there's help in Jesus Christ. And there's hope in Jesus Christ. And we're going to go forward. And eventually, you know what? We're going to end up in heaven. 
Another biblical response to overcome discouragement is the principle of delayed satisfaction. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says this, For I reckon, Romans 8, 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Our hope is in heaven. It's never been here on earth. And by the way, we live a good life. God is good to us. And we've had blessings upon blessings and he continues to bless us, but he's never promised a perfect life here on earth. But he has promised us a home in heaven and it is perfect there. So again, just a reminder, there's a heaven. Let's stay on course. Let's stick with the plan. Let's do and fulfill our calling on life. Hey, if we have some setbacks, hey, take it as, you know what? It's part of life, but we're going to go forward. Just think about Jesus Christ. What an example he was. Boy, there were some things done to him that should have never been done. And we could take that and say, hey, if God's gone through that, I could do this and I could go forward because this world is not my home. We're just passing through and and all this suffering and the setbacks and these things of present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory in heaven to be revealed in us. This principle teaches us to be willing to suffer and sacrifice. Oh, some of us are not willing to sacrifice and to suffer, but we ought to be due to Christ's death on the cross for us. We have an opportunity of heaven. There's no greater cause to live than we be dead with him well, let me read this. There is no greater cause to live than Jesus than than for Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Timothy about the rewards in heaven. In Second Timothy chapter two, verse eleven and twelve, it is a faithful saying: For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer. We shall also reign with him. Second Timothy chapter two, 11 and 12. It is when our cause is focused on ourselves that we get discouraged. The apostle Paul is describes describing the effect of cause of Christ on his life makes this man Uh, makes this statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hmm. Let me read that again. This is good. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. For which cause we faint not. We're discouraged. We're getting weak. We feel like giving up. I want to throw in the towel. Everybody's 
against me. Nobody likes me. Uh, and we get into our pity party and I do the same thing. They don't, you know, acknowledge me. Nobody says anything. They don't care. He says, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man, though our, let me say that again, but our, though our outward man perish, yeah, we're going to have some setbacks, disappointments, some knocks. But he says, yet our inward man, our spiritual, is renewed day by day. God will give us that strength to get through. For our light of fiction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. There's a reward coming. Stay the course. Don't give up now. Hold on tight. Let God work. Let, let, let God grow you. Just hold on. Yeah, there's going to be some bruises and scrapes and, and setbacks and discouragement and anger and bitterness and things that creep up. We're, we're living in a, a difficult days and, but we're going to hang on because you know, we have a cause. And one day in heaven, we're going to stand before him and we're going to give an answer. And he's going to give us a reward. It's not for us. It's for him. Because we're going to be able to get those rewards that God has given us and we're going to be able to say, hey, these belong to you. But let's go forward. So I'm going to use this word rest. Then we'll be done. Rest. R is for relax. Step back and rest yourself. R, rest, relax, set back and rest yourself. E, evaluate the situation. What is the problem? How could I resolve this problem? So in other words, relax, evaluate. S is for seek advice get godly counsel about the situation and things are happening what's going on you relax you set back think about it evaluate get some counsel t r e s t trust god put your faith in god cast your cares upon him give it to him And I guarantee you, you'll be encouraged. Go forward. Go forward. Don't stop. Go forward. There's going to be some hindrances. The help is in Jesus Christ. There is a hope. We have a cause. And then lastly, don't forget, there's a heaven. There's a heaven. We're going to do it for him and we're going to be with him. And we're going to be able to say, hey, God. I did my best. So relax. Evaluate. Get counsel. Trust God. Don't throw in the towel. 
It's not worth it. Matter of fact, it's just, you're not going to get anywhere throwing in the towel. It's just going to get worse. So let's go forward, Christian. Let's go forward. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, that's the first step. You need Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short. God's perfect, God's holy, and we come short because we're not perfect, we're not holy, we're sinners. But the Bible does say that there's a penalty for sin. The wages of sin is death, spiritual death, separation from God, hell, the lake of fire, not good. But in that while we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. God has a plan. He loves you. He wants you to be with him in heaven. So he has a plan, Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate Easter in a week or two. What's that all about? The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Thank God he rose from the grave. There's hope. There's hope. But you need to put your faith. You need to put the matter of salvation in his hands. You need to put the matter of your sin in in his hands because he paid for it. Have you done that? If not, that's the first step. If if there's somebody here today by chance and you would say, Brother Rick, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven, but I want to get that settled. I need to get that settled. Uh, Tonight's the best night to do that. Let's do that. Christian, if you're saved, hey, let's go forward. We have a cause. The alternative is not worth it. (laughs) We have a hope in heaven. And we have help. Let's go forward. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're thankful again for your word. I'm thankful for your help and how you help us through giving us principles that will guide us through life's challenges. And we all face them. I face them. My family faces them. Every family in here has faced them and will face them and maybe are facing them. Uh, But we have a God. And he's our help. He's our hope. And we have heaven to look forward to. Help us to relax Set back, evaluate, seek God, seek godly counsel, and then just trust God. Give it to him and he'll meet our needs. He has and he will continue to do that. If there's somebody here that says, Brother Rick, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven or I don't know. Or I do know I'm not going to heaven and I would like to. Go to heaven. If that's you today and you say, Brother Rick, I need to be saved. Would you just let me know by raising a hand? I won't call you out, but I promise I'll talk to you after and we'll get that settled. You say, Brother Rick, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven, but I want to make sure that I have a, a home in heaven. Is there anybody here like that that's not sure but would like to know how to get to heaven? Let me know by raising a hand. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for helping us. And I'm thankful for just the opportunity tonight. Again, I pray for pastor. Help him, Lord, his wife. Encourage him today. Meet his needs. Meet the needs of this church. Meet the needs of each family represented here. Help us now. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.
Amen.